you can't remake the Jungle Book without like having those songs. There's a, part, but, there's a part of me that doesn't want to see this film because in my head, the Christopher Walken Louis thing, like I don't know, I don't know if it'll live up to my expectations. <laughs> you know, you go, oh, I want to be like you, talk like you, walk like you. I want to be a man cub. Right? <laughs> right? I'm giggling because I know that's now the quote we're going to start this podcast with before the music. Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do a sort of end-of-year rundown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as always, if there's anything you want us to talk about, get in touch through Twitter, at the Story Toolkit. Yeah. And everything can be found on the website, which is thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. Let's tool. get into it. Yeah, so we're, we're going to just do a quick rundown of things that we're, we don't think we're going to do a whole podcast on at all but things we kind of just wanted to just briefly chat about yeah for one reason or another positive or negative we were thinking what should we do for the end of the year and we thought this is a thing we can do uh i every year put up on my tumblr uh 52 films that i saw this year and uh i'm this year i'm going to do that along with 12 television seasons that i saw this year so they're they're short little one sentence reviews of these things which is this is kind of kind of be a little bit like that there's not 52 uh, but this, it's kind of a bit like that. And I always have a list uh, that I keep along the way of things that I will try and convince Basim to watch, which he never does. So this is my way of talking about those but things. I, I would like to point out that the reason I don't is because I am lazy. <laughs> it's good that you accept that. It's true. I accept that now we can move on. Okay, uh, let's get into it then. Number one. Well, hold on. Before we get into that, okay. for those of oh, you yeah, who yeah. are new to this podcast... We've got, this is like podcast number 30 or something. So uh, we've got over half a year's worth of podcasts now. And so for those of you who are new and want to sort of catch up, here's what we recommend are probably the five best podcasts we've done that have the most insight into writing or are just the most fun ones that we've done. Uh, the uh, Babylon 5 podcast, which is number 26, I believe. Uh, the John Car- Carter podcast is number 24. John Carter, by the way, is really great. Uh, num- number 25, The Night Of, which is our special with Robert McKee. Yeah. Um, number 11 is our favorite 10 movies, uh, which is really, it's a great one. The two of us just go through our 10 favorite movies. And uh, and then finally, uh, I think number number 21 uh stranger things we do podcast stranger things i might have the numbers slightly off yeah uh but those are the five that we think are i think we we agree are the our best ones the babylon five podcast which really gets into long form plotting the john carter podcast which really shows sort of the malleability of the form the night of podcast because it's with robert mckee and it's wonderful he tells all kinds of harrowing stories (laughs) Um, about research yeah it's all about research uh our favorite 10 movies which is all about the passion of the writer basically and then finally stranger things which is all about cluing across multiple povs so those are our five ones and i would recommend uh those okay let's get into the end of year rundown okay okay number one then is something uh we we went to see together 
when the podcast comes out uh, a couple of weeks ago. We went to see Muppets Christmas Carol yeah. sing-along. It's a sing-along at the Prince Charles Theatre in London. Yes. I'd never seen the film before. Uh, so to go to a sing-along was the best way yes. of experiencing that movie. Yes. Or possibly the worst. <laughs> yeah, you got to experience firsthand my singing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I moved away from you. <laughs> you did, That's true a, story. That is a true story. I did move away, not because of his singing, but because uh, I was singing. I couldn't sing because I didn't know any... I can't sing, regardless. But also, I don't know any of the words. I don't know the, even the tune. There were multiple the barriers to yeah, you singing. so many. And so uh, Emma, who was sitting to my right, was singing, and she has a great voice. So I'm like, why don't I switch with Emma so that that way Luke and her can sing together quite happily, and I can sit on the side watching this film going, yeah. This is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and also another reason I want to mention it is because the, the Prince Charles Theatre, the, the cinema, uh, is just fantastic. It is. It's a cheap membership and they just so, show loads of great movies all year round, like old movies. Yes. Like they do, um, like they show the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And they, have, they have a, a chalkboard yeah. <laughs> uh, where you can write movie requests and I wrote big, ironically in very small letters on the board and then... Luke, what did you do? I added two little lines so it said BFG. <laughs> that was great. It's um, great. It's a great. So, yeah, it's a re- it's a really fun experience. But uh, yeah, yeah, a little big up for the Prince Charles. Yeah. Cinema. So those of you who don't live in England, uh, you should come to England to go. To the <laughs> it's right. Yeah, I realise now that a lot of our listeners are American. Okay, so, <laughs> but you Londoners, you're gonna love it. Uh, um, Let's move on then from uh, Muppets Christmas Carol to. Uh, <laughs> didn't come out this year at all. We just saw it. it, just saw it I'm recently. adding it to my 52 films I saw this year because I saw it in the cinema. <laughs> that, that is a thing. Like that's the it's rule. Legit. I'm allowed it's to legit. count it. It's so um, hard. I wanted to mention the Jungle Book. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've heard good things, but I haven't seen it. I really Jungle want to. Jungle Book is wonderful. It's so much fun, and it's yeah. more, more importantly, it's a it's a great adaptation that. Uh, builds on the original so the cartoon is beloved and the cartoon was of course itself an adaptation of the book um but yeah the cartoon the 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 original disney cartoon is so beloved um not least by my wife who knows i think every line and every song does she she loves i didn't know she loved the jungle yeah she really does she really does but we we watched the new one and both of us just blown away loved it really loved it because christopher walken is is Louis? Yes, he is. Isn't he? Yeah, and That's... they used to they used the the music in such a good way as well because you can't remake the Jungle Book without like having those songs. There's a, but... there's a part of me that doesn't want to see this film because in my head the Christopher Walken Louis thing, like I don't know, I don't know if it'll live up to my expectations. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I want to be like you, talk like you, walk like you. I want to be a man cub. Right. <laughs> right. I'm giggling because I know that's now the quote we're going to start this podcast with before the music <laughs> like before we're even done uh, let's move on because uh, we need to rattle through some of these now we've got, we've got time to talk actually about the Jungle Book rather than me just do Christopher Walken scene. I think we should cram in as many impressions as we can this time around oh Okay, not, crazy. No, no, no. As many different impressions, not no, just, just as many walking impressions. It's walking all. We're gonna walk through, walking through the whole thing. Okay, as Christopher Walken, no. can you introduce movie number two? Oh, Zootropolis. <laughs> it's a movie about animals doing things animals don't usually do. I've, no, this is got, this isn't walking anymore. I've gone sort of New Jersey. Like something changed. 
Didn't work. It didn't work. Zootropolis. No. Zootropolis. We both really. Do we actually not want to say anything more about Jungle Book? It's fine. We've, 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 we're in limited time. Let's just rattle through. Okay. What did you want to add for Jungle Book? I didn't. I haven't seen it. You're the one who wants to. I well, cut you, you off and all... started talking about Christopher Walken. I know, and I felt that that was a good moment to segue. Okay. What about Baloo? Baloo. Good. Mm? Bill Murray. Terrific. What more do you want to add? Mm. Well, there you go. Zootropolis. Are there cats and dogs in Jungle Book? Do they live together? <laughs> Okay, we'll move Zootropolis. on. Zootropolis. Yeah, we both enjoyed Zootropolis. We did. Yeah. I, I love the howling wolf thing. I saw someone on YouTube <laughs> with a dog and it yeah. doesn't... That's, that's great. Uh, yeah, Zootropolis, great fun. Very, yeah. very funny. Um, a lot of fun. But I, I, in a kind of uh, deeper way, I really liked the allegory. Yeah. I thought that elevated that movie to a new level. Yeah. Whereas it wasn't just a cute movie with animals acting like humans, which is kind of what... A standard, like... Uh, uh, DreamWorks Fair yeah um, and this was Disney and this was Disney uh, I, <laughs> I, was I felt that that didn't work as well for me as it did for you really yeah I, it's not that I didn't like Zootropolis but for me it was just like this doesn't this isn't anything special see I thought that I, I, thought I liked that it did make it special to I, me I liked it more than I thought I would I really I thought the trailer I just was like oh this trailer this looks terrible I think uh, you even sent it to me and look, highlighted it as an example of. The yeah, I did. I was like, this, "This is literally every my worst nightmare." Yeah. Like this is. What just, if everyone was cats? Well, yeah, oh, just oh, it was. What if? What if? What if? Who should be in charge of the DMV? How about sloths? I'm like, oh, and you were telling me like, bah, seriously, the scene's really good. I'm like, I don't believe it. And then I watched my, like, oh, it is quite good. <laughs> it is quite good. And then of course like, I saw, because I saw everything coming, but I didn't mind because it was just nicely done. Like when, when he turns out to be the speedster at the end, I'm like, it's clearly going to be the sloth. We're seeing that sloth again. We're not, see, that's not his only scene in this film. But there was a part of me that's like, yeah, and I saw that and I saw that. It's nice, but I saw that coming and. I knew the bunny was responsible for it all, and like, it it wasn't terrible. It was just obvious. 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 That's what it was. So that's why the allegory for you, I think, resonated where it didn't for me because for me the allegory felt really obvious. I see. It felt okay. a little contrived. Whereas like everything was. Designed. I am a little dumber than you. That's not what I meant. And so, it worked. Okay. For me. Okay, that's not. You're doing the sloth. <laughs> I am you're, doing the sloth. You're doing the sloth. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, from animal movie to animal movie, Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> Eddie the Eagle. Nice uh, segue. See, I I wanted to talk about this, and then in when you had your list separately, you mentioned this as well. So yes. clearly we both enjoyed. This it was one. really fun. It was great fun. It was really nice and light and enjoyable, and I liked Wolverine in it. It's one of the better Wolverine Wolverine movies. was terrific. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he didn't... I was going to say he didn't have the drinking problem. And actually, he, he did. did. <laughs> he did perfect Wolverine. Yeah. No, it was really fun. It was really... Yeah. And Christopher Walken's in there. I just remembered. <laughs> yeah. he, he does. He's in there. He's like, hey, Wolverine, you're not bad at skiing. It's okay. I forgive you of all the mistakes. Oh, it's mad. No, it's going wrong again. I can only do it in short bursts. I, can't, I didn't know this. I can only do it in short bursts. He can't do sentences. Okay. That's why he breaks it up. I get it now. It's... Uh, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun, that film. I really liked it. Eddie it the was Eagle. It fun. was simple. It was just It was just delightful. It was just a really nicely told film. The actor, I forget the main guy, was really good. Yeah. As Eddie. Yeah. Uh, really good. 
really lovable character. I think so. Like, I think simple is the word, but uh, there was a kind of beauty to it. Yeah, it was, there's no subplot. No, it's just one central plot. It's short. It's sweet. It gets in. It does its thing, and then it's out. And it's just, it's just really enjoyable. And mm. yeah, I I liked it a lot. Um, Good point about the the plots. Actually, it it hadn't. Again, I hadn't sat back to analyze it. It was one of the few movies I watched this year mm. where I forgot. That mm. I was a writer and just kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, that's why um, I think that's and actually, sign, that's good. Yeah, right, and um, uh, and and that um, that simplicity was because it's one plot. Yeah, it's and just it's an example of just what you can do. Just when you one, it's really hard to do that, but they did that really nicely, and it's just it's it's it feels effortless. Right, and I know it's not, but it just feels effortless, and it's just one of those films where it's like this is just a joy. You can just watch it, enjoy it, and you're done, and it's. Yeah. There's nothing. There's it's just wonderful. Although, yeah, really liked it. So from one animal movie to another animal movie, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Keanu. <laughs> the key and pee vehicle. The, yeah, key, the and key, peel. key and peel. P- key and peel vehicle. Oh man, those guys are funny. I mean, they're in yeah. Fargo. They're in Philly. Yeah, they're um. But he, I, yeah. there's a podcast. Uh, there's another podcast I listen to. Um, uh, called You Made It Weird with um, Pete Holmes, who does the. Is that about me trying to do a Chris Walken impression for more than three sentences? No, but this weird. will allow you to. <laughs> this will allow you to do another impression. Uh, he plays the uh, Batman in the Batman parody oh. on YouTube. <laughs> that Batman, yeah, yeah. The, the the stupid Batman. The stupid. Where's Batman. Harvey? I'm the worst crazy day there. <laughs> He's all talking about. But one of his one of his podcasts, he interviewed, um, and I forget his full name. Is I it? never know which one's which. Right. Uh, it's um, that's the problem with double acts. I never remember which one's which. Uh, it's key. Which one's Lois Lane? Which one's Clark Kent? I don't know. Uh, key, key's the bald one. Key's the bald one. Key's the bald one. Okay. Uh, so he did an he did an interview with uh, Key. It's like two hours long, and I recommend you you look it up and listen to it because Key goes a lot into the, yeah. a lot into the craft of comedy, improv, oh, really? how to structure jokes, how to structure sketches, and he just gets it. Like the, he's the, he's you know, re- I love the substitute teacher sketch. A <laughs> A <Hey>, Ron, <laughs> Jacqueline, Timbo T, present. But the yeah, Keanu is just good fun. It's them, really it's, funny. If it was anybody else in that movie, yeah. the movie would tank. It's funny. I, I, I love at the... Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Keanu, I'm about to spoil it. At the end when they uh, get arrested, and it's like, oh yeah, I did commit a lot of crimes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you did. Like, the, the good guys, but they still committed so many crimes. The Anna Faris scene, and of course, my favourite bit might be when he has to come up with a fake name, and he just goes, Shark Tank! <laughs> it's like... Well done. Like I just colla- I just convulsed with laughter and kept calling himself Shark Tank. Oh man, it was so funny. Uh, it was great. I liked it. Um, okay, so Keanu to uh, see we we discussed this and there was a link. How did we get from Keanu to Deadpool? It's comedy. Comedy. Thank you. Comedy. Jeez. Of course. Jeez. So Deadpool. Deadpool was fun. Deadpool. Was I liked great fun. Deadpool. Um, I could. Watch, I think I could watch Ryan Reynolds in anything. I couldn't. Um, no, I never understand the the, the thing. Uh, he's he's fine. I have no problem with Ryan Reynolds at all. I just don't understand the love. Really, I don't get it. 
I think he he does comedy. Uh, he's there's something he about funny. his timing and his delivery which appears to me effortless. Yes, um, which you don't like, which you just don't see very often. Yeah, um, and I remember seeing it first in Van Wilder Party Liaison, <laughs> which is one of those teen, one of those teen movies, but um, uh, it hasn't. Has it dated that well? It's not quite as funny now. I'm older for oh, sure. I see. But I remember seeing that and, and thinking, "Wow, well, you're actually you're great." But that timing again is in Deadpool. I I I it's, it's I just I don't have any I have no strong opinion one way or the other for him. Well, fair enough. In fact, when Deadpool was being announced, everyone was talking about how Ryan Reynolds is perfect for Deadpool. Perfect. I'm like, why? And I thought actually the person who's perfect for Deadpool was Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I actually edited the Deadpool trailer and put Melissa McCarthy's voice on top of it. And she is an amazing Deadpool. I, yeah, she is. You just I, stick I, an emo- I saw the video. You stick an emotion good. capture suit and I'm right. You just make her Deadpool and she works. Like Deadpool <laughs> doesn't have to be a man. Um, but Deadpool, uh, the, it was a fun film. It's very immature, but then it's sort of deliberately immature. I always said, like, Deadpool's kind of like a two-star movie, but it's aimed at the people who specifically want it. And if you want it, it is a five-star film. It's like, right, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just what you want, but it's not It's not because it's, like, particularly... It's, like, it's just a, it's a very niche thing. And, like, I watched it, I'm like, this is fun. You know, it's making... I mean, it's making in-jokes about X-Men movies. Yeah. Right, and it's just like, oh, geez, this is the, down the rabbit hole, guys. It's I think an, the point at which I felt, I liked uh, it, at which I, I realized just how willing to how how willing it was to rip on itself and everything. Yeah. was the bit where he's uh, he's holding the um, the Deadpool um, uh, figurine, but the Deadpool from the from the Wolverine ex, Origins, from Wolverine Origins, yes. yeah. Yeah, and he calls it Baraka, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like yeah. So that, and he's also like, don't make the suit animated, and he's taking the like, <laughs> like it's just so it's so sort of incestuous in a way, and it's fun. The one problem though with Deadpool is that the villain Ajax is really weak. Yeah, uh, Gina Carano's character, uh, Angel Dust, is that Angel Dust? No, it's just Angel. I I forget. It's a while ago. Now, I've forgotten so. her name. I think Angel Dust is a character from Philly. <laughs> the, the the girl that Mac pretends to have sex with and doesn't. We promised we wouldn't talk about. No, but I, I can't remember about. her name. Is it Angel Dust? I don't know her. She was better than Ajax. Way better. Right. Uh, Ajax was not a good villain uh, at all. He just didn't work. He wasn't. He wasn't interesting. He wasn't exciting. He wasn't uh, anything. Um, I love, but I loved uh, uh, teenage Negasonic Warhead. <laughs> which was great she was wonderful and I, my favourite thing though is the sort of Bugs Bunny-esque element of Colossus like <laughs> the idea that he's constantly trying to get Deadpool to be a good person and uh, join the X-Men it's like wait it only takes three four heroic mo- <laughs> you're boring me <laughs> he just shoots the guy dead and Colossus throws up like that that was a lot of fun but um, yeah Ajax is sort of a weak point in that film mm. but otherwise it's, it was fun um, okay, so from weak villain to another weak villain, Ghostbusters. Bum, 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 Ghostbusters, bum. We, we mentioned in another podcast, and as when I'd seen it, I said I'd quite like to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, you, you liked you, it a lot more than Yeah, you talked me out of it in the end, um, rightly so, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Ghostbusters. I, I, th- I thought it was okay, but it just wasn't very good. Um, the villain was really weak. The villain was very well. Uh, and they made a huge mistake because by making Chris Hemsworth take over as the villain, they got rid of probably the funniest thing in the film. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's character was hilarious. I mean, not only was he ridiculously funny, 
but the way the cast reacted to him was really funny. Mm. The idea that like Melissa McCarthy just had was like he's so dumb, and Kristen Wiig is just in love with him as a result of it. Like that 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 was really nice. He was a really nice polarizing element to that cast, and so when yeah. he becomes the villain, they all react the same way to him, and that kind of dissolved that thing. The story just wasn't as good. It didn't. I didn't like it very much. I thought it was okay, but it felt really sort of slapdash. Um, and you liked it a lot more. But the reason we didn't do a podcast on it was because... You did, I mean, now that time has passed, I guess it's okay. But at the time, uh, it was all about the politics of it. Yeah, toxic, uh, wasn't it? It was so toxic because uh, the problem was, was the film... The whole selling point of the film was, we're doing Ghostbusters with four women. That was their selling point. Like, look at this. We're doing it four women. And then... All the subject about the film was it's got four women in it, and how Twitter, some person on Twitter is sending someone death threats, and this person, and whatever. It's just like, and then they're complaining. All anyone wants to talk about is the gender of the main actors. Like, well, that's all you went with on your like it, the whole the whole film. All of it was just about it's four women doing it, and I'm, I was just like, I I don't care. I I want I like I want more women-centered films and I'm happy with that I like Bridesmaids you know and stuff and that, that was them I'd have I'd have much rather seen Wig and McCarthy and those guys because the whole point was Ghostbusters was an SNL thing right yeah and they made their thing that they loved which was Ghostbusters and it just feels to me like I would have liked to have seen something original from those four women rather than something that was a reboot and actually I'm glad you mentioned that because one thing I was going to say about um, Ghostbusters it, at the very least it put I mean it, I know she was famous anyway but it put on my radar Kate McKinnon oh yeah that, me too yeah she's she's so I mean, she's so good they're Kate all McKinnon. great right? I had no idea who she was until that and I'm exactly. like, Holtzman is amazing yeah Holtzman's wonderful um, so like the, the the women are fine in it it's just a very sort of mediocre film I thought it was okay but the politics around it meant like if unless you know, you love it, you're sort of misogynistic, and it's just like, I can't, I don't want to get into that hassle. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, for me, that was just not an issue that was interesting, but it was like no. the dominant issue of the film. Absolutely. But yeah. that's why we didn't do a podcast on it. But it's, no, it's it okay. would have been nice to be able to do that. And maybe, maybe the the culture will have changed when the Ocean's Second. Eleven. If they do that, yeah. If, I'd love they, that. if that comes around, I would love to Ocean's talk about Eleven, it. with all, all women cast, such a great idea. I yeah. love that idea. Sandra Bullock as Danny Ocean, that makes perfect sense. Sold. Yeah, I'm totally sold on that. <laughs> I want Julia Roberts to play the same part, though. Yes. Be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe Ghostbusters 2 when that comes out will do it. But Kate McKinnon, you're right, though, is just so good. She's brilliant. No She's idea. got this long running character with, um, um, you know, the whole Trump thing on Saturday Night Live. That's Hillary. Uh, uh, no, not the Hillary character. Oh. She also plays the um, uh, this uh, this really rundown political advisor to Trump. Uh, and just yeah, some of she's the lines really, she delivers, she's just fantastic. Anyway, uh, let's yeah, move on. Um, okay, are you ready? For Star Trek Beyond. Oh, next no. Star Trek Beyond. Uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, so okay let's be generous it's a two star film I will treat it like it is a negative 300 star film <laughs> I hate it so much it, it it the flames flames on the side of my face breath heaving breaths heaving I can't stand it I hate this film so much I hate it and the thing that oh, 
they win by playing the Beastie Boys. All right? They have a, there's a bunch of alien ships and they're all interconnected uh, through Wi-Fi or whatever it is. And they go, we need to stop them somehow. Let's play something. We need to send them a signal that's really disruptive, like this Beastie Boys track. So they play the Beastie Boys and then the ships all explode because they crash into each other. I'm like, this has never happened. Just turn off the radio and you don't have to worry anymore. Just turn it off. Just turn off the radio. No. So Beastie, they win by Beastie Boys. They have a ridiculous thing with the air system where they have a fight in a zero gravity air system and there, there's like flame or something. And I'm literally sitting there going, this is from Galaxy Quest. And I'm just sat there and went, why is this even here? Like they don't get they made Galaxy Quest, but forgot it was a comedy. It's Galaxy Quest. It is Galaxy Quest without the self-awareness. And what's worse, what's worse, is I have been saying, I have been saying, the first Star Trek film came out and I went, this is rubbish. All they've done is rip off Wrath of Khan. All they've done is rip off Wrath of Khan. Nero hates Spock the way Khan hates Kirk. He comes from another time. He has Seti Al. He even had the eels. He had the same thing. And it's just rubbish. And I can't stand it. And they ripped off Khan. I'm like, what are they going to do for the next one? And they go, Khan. I'm like, you already ripped off Khan. What are you going to do? And they literally went around and ripped off all the scenes they didn't rip off in the first one. So they have the stupid engine explosion, like Spark and Needs of the Many. And even, even Spark goes, Khan, which was one of the stupidest things they've ever done. And then, and then I thought, well, what, what's left? What's left? And the third film, they ripped off the one scene they didn't rip off, which was the birthday scene. They ripped off the birthday scene. So they had the birthday scene. And then you've got Krull. Krull and Khan are the same characters. There's no difference between them. So I hate Beyond. Stop. <laughs> Stop that. And that's why we didn't do a podcast. That's why we didn't do a podcast on it. And oh. I, I didn't interrupt that because oh. I needed you to hear this. Because oh. off mic, this is all I have. Oh. This is all I hear. <laughs> Day to day about movies. <laughs> oh, oh, why did I go see it? Why did I go see? It? I, I, I. No, you're done. You're done. Uh, We're done. Let's okay. move on. Let's, okay. Let's go beyond. Oh. Let's go. If you hadn't gone there, I would have done. Okay. Um, okay. Let's talk about Marvel TV. So we've got this year. Um, oh, we had we had Daredevil, Daredevil season two season and Luke two. Cage. Luke Cage and, and Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones was... I think was last year, but they okay. had they all have the same problem, which is the villain. Uh, Kilgrave is a great villain until the end. Uh, the last couple of episodes. Kilgrave really is a work. great villain until episode eight. Something like that, where they make him really, really likable. Yes. Uh, and David Tennant, because he's David Tennant, and we all love David Tennant, and the Doctor. And he's just like, uh, so I can't tell if I'm mind-controlling someone, if they're actually happy to see me. I'm like, oh! And now I just... That's it. That's Kilgrave's not a bad guy anymore. Yeah. And that they couldn't get him back from that, I, I felt. Uh, so um, he made him too likable, which sort of cut the ending in half. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like Jessica Jones a lot. Daredevil season two, I did not like because the hand are a joke. They're not good villains. They're just not good villains. Doesn't I haven't seen Daredevil season two yet, but um, uh, aren't there two villains in it? Isn't there like one half and then it cuts to another half? No. With a different villain? No, the, the hand is the villain for the whole thing. Punish oh, is in it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But Punisher stuff is is better. But then it goes, it just ends up ripping off Lethal Weapon for the end. It's not very, it's not great. The Punisher stuff starts off good, doesn't end very well because that has a weak villain. Daredevil's the second season is just weak villain because the hand is just rubbish. Yeah, they're just rubbish villain. Luke Cage. 
Luke Cage. Luke Cage has a, a quite cool villain in Cottonmouth, but then they switch the villains to Diamondback, and Diamondback might be one of the worst villains I've ever seen in anything. He's terrible. Really? Uh, yeah, it's like a completely different show. All the goodwill that show built up in the last five episodes, it was just painful to watch this show. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how badly it messed up. What strikes me about the Marvel and it didn't, TV... And none of, none, it didn't deserve it. Like, it didn't deserve that ending. That was a way better show than what that ending. It's exactly the point I was going to make. What strikes me about the Marvel TV output is they all start so good. The, the too many episodes. Right. 13 episodes is too many. Thank you, you. They should give them eight episode seasons and that's it. Netflix, um, Stranger, sorry, Things Netflix. Stranger Things is the one I was going to mention. That accomplishes... All, all it does in a, in eight episodes. They only need eight fantastic. episodes. They, the guy, the the people making the show, can't they can't seem to make it go past eight episodes. Eight episodes, and you're like, I'm kind of done with this. Because Jessica Jones, I was yeah. hooked. I was yeah. totally, totally I'm, I'm there forward, until episode eight, and then I'm I, really looking forward to the second season because apparently every episode of the second season is directed by a woman, different woman. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's directed or written or both. By diff- by women, but it's like it's a really heavy. That's women. fantastic. I think so because the whole thing about Jessica Jones sort of being a sort of what's the word? Um, someone who's who's been raped. I'm not sure what word you're looking for. Survivor? Do they call them that? I don't know what the rape, Miss- rape victim. There's like a term for it. I can't okay. remember the term. But the idea that women are all going to be in charge of yeah. Jessica Jones it just makes a lot of sense because Jessica Jones has an avenue to talk about something that no other superhero can. Yeah. So it's taking advantage of the fact, that, you know, like it's not the same with like Wonder Woman or or Captain Marvel which is coming, which is like there's nothing really intrinsic about it in that sense, but with Jessica Jones this like oh this this could really fuel something interesting. Yeah. So, but anyway, um but the Marvel TV they're not great. Unfortunately. <laughs> they just they kind of fall apart the end. They do, yeah. yeah. Um move on to another TV show I saw this year I'm not sure it came out this year but it's only just come on my radar ah. um, I just blitzed through the first season of The Last Kingdom The Last Kingdom yes and I know they're filming the second season at the moment yeah. um, but I wanted to talk about it one because it was so good Yeah. Uh, and it's a different take on the Vikings yeah we both uh, love Vikings both I haven't love Vikings. seen season 3 yet but uh, I really loved the first two seasons of Vikings. So ima- I knew you'd love it as well. I thought oh, Vikings! Yeah, yeah. yeah, Vikings is terrific. Yeah. But imagine the Vikings uh, story told um, from the point of view where the Vikings are the villains. Ah, uh, so, told from you like it because it's British. Brexit, no, I don't like it it's because it's British. But <laughs> um, <laughs> keep British shows British. Um, <laughs> I don't love it because it's British. What I loved about it, what surprised me was that it's British because uh, uh, historically the kind of shows and, and things I love, I, I haven't really analysed why, but I do like a lot of American shows. Um, and it's it's rare that a British show will just grab me in the way that The Last Kingdom did. Mm. Um, and it, it totally, totally did. And the, yeah. he- the, the hero, um, uh, Utrecht, son of Utrecht, mm. um, is, is great because he's torn between both right. sides uh, and it's got this amazing finale with this big final battle yeah uh, it's where, on, is it on Amazon Prime uh, it's on Netflix it's on Netflix season one's on oh, Netflix oh you're right it's yeah. on Netflix yeah. I brought my list but it came on the radar because um, uh, uh, because the boyfriend of a, uh, a friend um, is in it he's been oh, out in Europe filming season two that's right yeah. um, and um, uh, we were just at a party recently and, and um, we were talking about what he was doing and I hadn't heard of Last Kingdom 
and I mentioned that I liked um, Vikings and we just had this whole big discussion on Viking history mm. and you know um, the fact that you know the whole idea where Last Kingdom came from which oh with him with him yeah oh. we, ju- we were just we were just nerding out on Viking culture oh, for a little cool. bit it was great um so yeah, Last Kingdom, totally recommend it. Six Excellent. episodes. Oh, it's only six done. episodes. Only six episodes as well. Wow. wow. And that's another show that doesn't hang around, skips time when it needs to. Like Rome did. Like Rome did, yeah. Now we should do one on Rome. We should do one on Rome. I love Rome. Rome's a good show. That was a British show. It's BBC and HBO. Was it? Joint production, yep. Fantastic. Um, to another TV show that I have seen which you have not. No. Uh, but you will do. I will. Preacher. Yes. Preacher came out this year totally on watch. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, one of the few really good um, outputs from, from Amazon Prime, actually. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, Preacher, fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 Garth Ennis kind of has two modes. The guy who created the comic book Preacher. Yeah. And one of his is sort of this dark comedy uh, approach, toilet humour kind of thing. Yeah. The other one is this sort of war poetry <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, he kind of does. The, he does these amazing world war. He's like he's like the um, what's his name? Owen. Um, Wilfred Owen. Wilfred Owen. He's yeah. like a modern day Wilfred Owen almost. He's like, but he doesn't do it as poetry. It's just the poetic nature of oh, his stories, like the okay. meaning of them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He did these wonderful World War Two stories uh, comic books, and his Punisher started off more like the Preacher, and then when they gave him the Max imprint, which was, dude, you can do whatever you want. There's no. That it's going to stay on it, like not for children. Yeah. Swear as much as you want, whatever. He elevated the Punisher to a level I've, he's never been before or since. His Punisher is unbelievably good, and so, uh, but I never cared for Preacher because I never cared for sort of slapstick stuff. Right. I never okay. really cared for that. Yeah. So I'm interested to watch the f- the show. Tonally, it's very unique. Yeah, I'm, I'm mean, really interested to watch the show because I haven't read the comics in ages, so if I went back and read them, I might like them more than I did when I was younger. Sure. Uh, but at the same t- especially after now that I've well, read what, more of his work. So I don't know, but I'm really interested in the TV series. One of the things that, that, that struck, the humour is done so well in it, because um, it, it does, it is very, very dark, but there, there's plenty of um, kind of uh, humorous bits in it. But Seth Rogen's involved in it. Really? Yeah. Um, and oh, I, I had, I hadn't read too much into it, but my assumption was very much like Green Hornet. He loved Green Hornet, and then got yeah. into. Produce. I always, I never saw Green Hornet. I always felt bad that that didn't do well. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I think Seth Rogen. I don't, it's like like Ryan Reynolds. I don't have much feelings towards him at all, one way or the other. Sure, but it felt to me like Green Hornet was something that he really loved. Yeah, well, and that's really it. wanted to do. And I'm like, I don't think. I think it should have been a bigger success. Well, there you go. Hopefully, Preacher will write that wrong because uh, he clearly loves Preacher. Oh, that's good. Uh, and it's done well enough to to get a second season. Well, that's good. Um, so there will be more. And, yeah. Um, it was one of the few shows that I tolerated watching one a week because they released one episode oh, did a they? week. Yeah. yeah. Did they? Uh, and now that we're in this binge culture, it's very difficult to watch <laughs> one a week. This is true. And Preacher, we would it would be Monday. Monday's Preacher Better Day. Better Call Saul, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, oh God. And that's another show that, yeah. um, that you, we will we will podcast The on, reason but. I should say, the reason I haven't watched Preacher or The Man in the High Castle... It's because you're lazy, you explained. No, no, there's actually another reason. I got Amazon Prime specifically to get these things, right? And I went on to Amazon Prime and it was just like, Batman Brave and the Bold is on here. Well, that's getting watched, <laughs> and so I just ended up watching Batman cartoons and nothing else. Like I got it for serious drama. I'm like, 
I'm watching Booster Gold and Batman hang out. I remember so, every week I would see you. Have you seen Man in the High Castle no. yet? No, more Batman. I saw, I saw this Batman episode where he helps a, um, a World War Two ghost in a tank fight the evil crime boss Ma Murder, who's an old woman. <laughs> ah, okay, so we're never going to get to that Man in the High Castle. Uh, oh, not what? is Ma Murder in Man with the High Castle? I'm just saying. <laughs> I think I picked the I picked the winner. Okay, so from preacher adaptation to another adaptation uh, that you wanted to talk about, Macbeth. Ooh, yeah, Michael Fassbender and uh, Marion Cotillard did Macbeth, and it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. And you Why think, doesn't oh, it work? Not. Uh, it looks beautiful. The music is really atmospheric. And it's great. The problem is, is they don't understand Shakespeare. I know that sounds crazy. They don't. They understand the meaning. They understand how to act. I mean, Fassbender, I think, did Macbeth on stage. Yeah. So Fassbender, Gautier, the actors are brilliant. There's nothing wrong with that. The directing is wonderful. Everything's fine. What I mean is this. Shakespeare wrote in a certain way because back when he was writing, how was the stage lit with candles, right? It was at the Globe Theatre as well, if I remember correctly. So it's out in the open as well. Mm-hmm. And if you've been to the Globe Theatre, it's a T-shape and it's a small set. You can't see things. All the imagery in mm, Shakespeare... Stages a yeah, shape, sure. All the imagery in Shakespeare's plays is in his language. So I saw Richard II at the Barbican starring David Tennant. <laughs> so I saw the doctor playing uh, Richard II. And he's talking. And after a while, like it's impossible to follow because you know we don't speak this way anymore. So it's like hearing it in Japanese or something. You know, It's just almost impossible to hear. Uh, so I sort of tuned out trying to follow specific things and I just kind of let the words flow and I picked up all this imagery of funerals and crying and sort of all this and so the whole play is like a funeral dirge for Richard II and essentially what they what they said is like this is a guy who should never have been king and he was made king and he didn't know how to be king and he got totally crucified for it right and it's like it's a sad funeral march for this guy essentially I might be remembering it wrong. But there's a funeral quality to everything. Right? Yeah. Macbeth, the imagery is blood and fire and all this stuff. So here's the problem. In cinema, you can show the blood and you can show the fire. So if you have these beautiful, and they do have these beautiful images of blood and fire with this wonderful music, and then Fassbender starts talking about blood, it becomes really, really pretentious. And so Fassbender seems really like he, it just seems like he's overdoing it. The best bits in that film are when no one's talking. Really? Yeah. When no one's talking, it's like, wow, this is great. And then as soon as they open their mouths and they start spouting the Shakespeare stuff, it's like, this is so inappropriate because you, you can, everything they're saying, you can already see. It's a feel on the nose for that reason. It becomes, it's like it's on the nose. It's just like, and that's the crazy thing. They, the best adaptation of Macbeth, I think, on the cinema was Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood because he had to rewrite it for Japanese and he hated dialogue anyway. So he just cut almost all the dialogue out of the film. There's almost no speaking in the film. Wow. And it's, it's just... I've not heard of this. Throne of Blood. It's called yeah. Akira Kurosawa. It's brilliant. Because uh, Macbeth's uh, probably my favourite Shakespeare. It's my favourite one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just, it's great. It's, it's almost no speaking Throne for the whole blood. film. I've got, yeah, I've, got, I've got it on DVD. Do you? Yeah, you can borrow it. Put it on it's, the list. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's just, <laughs> pick them up. Pick them up. But, um, so that's the problem with this one is that, like it should have been really great, but they didn't get that by putting it on film. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, 
You made a joke earlier because I had uh, something that I was desperate to mention, but I'm not allowed to talk about too much because it's going to give away the ending for Bass, and who assures me that he will stop being so lazy and actually read it. Uh, <laughs> but there's Batman! And I numbered it in a really awkward way, which means we totally missed it. Oh, You'd you? already joked about slamming it in at the end inappropriately, but I've realised this is the perfect moment to slip it back in. Okay. Macbeth, literature, on to a novel... Uh-huh. And the next one afterwards is another one to do with. Literature. You're right, it is. Yeah. You're right, it so, is. Okay. okay. Uh, I want to talk about um, <laughs> The Lies of Locke Lamora, which didn't come. Why are you giggling? At the, at your, at your like desperate, desperate I'm need. I'm desperate to talk about <laughs> you this. No, your desperate need to validate your segue. <laughs> it's just like, I've got, to, I've got to rescue this. Like, no one would have noticed. No. But you. But I, I, well. I love it. Shut up. It's good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> This is what I have to put up with. <laughs> uh, the Lies of Locke Lamora didn't come out last year, but I, again, only came onto my uh, to my radar, recommended to me by a friend. Um, it is uh, the best way of describing this would be, um, I guess, Ocean's Eleven set in a fantasy world. Yeah, that's kind of sold me, right? Yeah. So it's about these rogues, um, the uh, these thieves. Um, part of a little thieves guild and they go around robbing rich people but they do this thing called false facing so they're always acting and pretending to be other people that's cool um, it's it's just a beautiful setting but the reason I wanted to talk about it is it has um, one of the best mercy scenes that I've seen mm. in recent years and then 20 pages or 50 pages later has a second mercy scene that is even better than the first one. So this is good because I, I will read this. You and have we to. will do a, probably a podcast on it, which means we're giving people enough time to read it themselves. Ah, there you go. Lovely. It's like a bit of a teaser. So if you yeah, if if that wets your whistle, as it were. <laughs> oh, I just should stop talking sometimes, right? No, it's good. <laughs> The uh, Liza Locklemore absolutely uh, blew me away this year. Good. I'm Let's glad. move on to more literature. To more literature. Uh, uh, you film. To, well, film. Yeah. <laughs> it's a film. I don't Based read. Based on literature. I don't read. Yeah. I just watch Batman on my phone. <laughs> uh, Mr. Holmes. Mr. Holmes. That's, yeah. Yeah. It was starring Ian McKellen. Uh, I saw that, and it was it was quite cute. Um, because what was nice about it was. Why is this Sherlock Holmes? I, you know what I mean. Why would you do? Why would you do this film? It's I'm about. Pause you there. Fill me in. I actually hadn't heard of Mr. Holmes. Stars Ian McKellen. He plays Sherlock. You said that. Move on. And uh, basically, what happens is he's an old man. It's after his last adventures and everything, and he's retired, and um, he's trying to remember an old case of his, his last case. He's trying to remember why he gave up being a detective. He's he's having memory issues, and it's Sherlock. Who's having memory issues? You see. Okay. And it's just really, it's really nicely done. It's really sweet. But fundamentally, you couldn't do this with another character. You couldn't just make up. A, it has to be Sherlock, which is why I liked it, um, because uh, when I saw the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, um, the first one, I was like, "Why is this Sherlock? Why don't you just come up with your own new characters?" You why? mentioned this in another podcast. Yeah, actually. why'd you do it? And it, it makes it actually the film is better if it, if it's the only. I thought the only way it makes sense if it's Sherlock is if it's Watson, who's the bad guy behind everything. Yeah, and I remember, yeah, whatever podcast it was, I talked about how that's all set up in the film mm. that it should be Watson who's the villain. 
Um, and that makes sense why that's Sherlock, but they never did it. So I don't get why you've changed all these things if it's not. So this one, though, it was like a really nice epilogue for that character because um, so much of it you couldn't do if it wasn't Sherlock. Sure. It's just nice. Do you need you need that prior knowledge of the character? Yeah, you need to know. Built. It's it's like it's built out of him being Sherlock Holmes. As sure. opposed, so it's a really nice little character piece in that sense. That sounds as, really interesting. Yeah. Why did you not recommend this to me? Because it's nothing amazing. Right. It's sweet. It's nice. There's nothing, but it's not amazing. It's just you nice. Just that, made it sound very interesting. It is. It's it's intriguing. It's a nice. All these terrible film. things I have watched this year oh. and you could have replaced it no no I couldn't with have this because the majority of what I've seen has been terrible this year that's why I'm up to 40 and I have like two weeks left to get 12 films in oh, something like that I'm I, something like that okay other than Star Trek Beyond let's have a little bonus uh, other than Star Trek Beyond what's the worst thing you've seen this year that is the worst thing no other than Star Trek Beyond what's the worst thing you've seen I this year I don't understand okay <laughs> that's it that's all encompassing yeah, terrible I don't understand nothing nothing can enrage me <laughs> he tasks me he tasks me and I shall have him I'll chase them rounds the remakes of Star Wars and the remakes of Star Trek and through perdition's flames before I give him up that's me going after Abrams okay that's what's gonna happen <laughs> uh, last one then he tasks me hail Caesar slash Maggie. Yeah, so Maggie. Here's Maggie. Okay. Uh, it's set... There's a zombie outbreak. Civilization hasn't collapsed, but there's a zombie outbreak. People deal with it. They have a quarantine section and everything. And so if people get bit by zombies, they have these stages, and then eventually you have to take them to quarantine. And when you put them in quarantine, what that basically means is they're lumped in with people who are full zombies. Yeah. And it's just hell. Right? And the main character... Is try- his daughter's run away from their farm. He's trying to find her. She gets bitten. He finds her. He takes her back. He has a friend who's a big-time doctor. And he says, okay, well, she's been bitten. It's going to happen. And he gives him... Uh, he says, to, like, you can either take her to quarantine, which I know you don't want to do, and I don't want to do. So here's the thing we will give her to kill her. The euthanasia thing. Yeah. Here it is. So um, you have to do it before she becomes full-on zombie. But you decide when, and I trust you. And the police in the area are getting more and more worried because all it takes is one zombie, mm. right? And uh, their neighbours, their neighbours, zombies show up in their farm, and it's their neighbours, and it turns out the wife, their child got bit, and they kept the child far longer than they should have. And then... Uh, the husband went in to check on the child and he got bit and then they escaped. And so they, you see, and then uh, her best friend also got bit, the daughter, her best friend got bit and uh, he gets worse and worse. And like, as they get become more and more zombie, they start getting hungry for human flesh and mm. things like that. And so the police come and take him to quarantine and he's begging, please don't take me to quarantine and all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's really sort of harrowing. And the whole film is a very small, small film about a, a father deciding whether or not he should euthanize his child. Okay. And it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Okay. Okay. Pretty good, right? Schwarzenegger is good in it. Yeah. He acts very well in it. He, I think, quite rightly said it's his best acting, and he is right. Yeah. Um, he didn't ruin it. He could have said, I want, I want more action, I want more explosions, you know, let's have more things happening. And it's like, no, he knew. He was like, I'm a father, 
I know what it's like to have a daughter, so I wanted to play that. And so he did it as like a proper, honest-to-God acting thing. And but he's that's a problem for Great. Yeah. And he's great. And the film is fine. It's not amazing, but it's good. It's okay. The problem is I saw it with Alpha. And Alpha's mm. like, there's going to be the big shootout. There's <laughs> going to be the big shootout. And it's like, I really don't think there's going to be a big shootout. There isn't. He has... The, the, the DVD cover and the poster is Schwarzenegger with a shotgun... And it's like, what do you do when the thing you love the most becomes the fi- the thing that scares you the most? And it's just like, what? He has a shotgun in the film. He never fires it, right? right? So, uh, this the, the the thing is like, how do you market Maggie? Arnold Schwarzenegger does acting. No one wants to see it. Arnold Schwarzenegger in a zombie movie. Everyone hates you because you lied. Yeah, it's not a let take these zombies down. It's not that, and it's good film. But it's, it, the problem is, it's like, how do you solve this? I don't know. Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers film, has the exact same problem. Hail Caesar, here's the cast. Josh Brolin, Channing Tatum, uh, Tilda Swinton, Scarlett Johansson, uh, and George, uh, George Clooney. And George Clooney plays an actor in a Hollywood film, like a big 1930s Hollywood epic, and he gets kidnapped by a bunch of communists. Sounds great, right? Yep. That's not the plot. Oh, it's about Josh Brolin deciding whether or not he wants to stay as a Hollywood producer. All those actors that I just mentioned, other than Josh Brolin, are cameo roles. They appear in one scene, two scenes, that's it. Ah. The whole film is star-studded. Star-studded, which is fun because it's a Hollywood it's mm. a f- film about Hollywood stars, right? Makes sense. They're all bit parts. You don't think that way. George Clooney shows up, you expect him to be the main character. It's George Clooney. So when he's not, and the main character is the inside struggle of Josh Brolin, all the glitz and glamour totally distract you from that rest of the stuff. So both of them have this same problem, which is they're just miscast. I don't know what the solution is, because it's like all the acting is fine. It's just like you really, your expectations are so... Places the audience the wrong... Your expectations are so off because of of it. So it just seems to me like they need to come with like a little warning at the beginning. Like, hey guys... (laughs) This isn't what you think it is, and then you can maybe enjoy them. So, on the front of the Maggie poster, underneath the shotgun, yeah. like uh, asterisk, shotgun is not representative of. Yeah, there's actually there's like someone made a, tr- a poster of Maggie, which worked. Really? Yeah, it was just a really nice tender sort of Schwarzenegger holding the daughter type poster, and it was like, yeah, that's that's it that's seems much like, better. It seems seems like it could be fine. I think if the poster I think, was corrected, I you'd think, still yeah. have the issue that people would want to see Schwarzenegger. Yeah, um, but at least they wouldn't have been lied to. Yeah, I I don't know if uh, yeah I think people must have come out and been upset with it. The critics uh, were all like Schwarzenegger's good in it. Yeah, but I think it, it, part of the part of the problem is you know you spend the first twenty minutes of the film not engaged with the film because you're going is this an action film? Mm. Right. Similarly with Hail Caesar, you're not you you spend the first twenty minutes going like which of the which of these guys is the main character? Right. Oh, none of them are. <laughs> uh, do you know and what I mean? the, the trailer did that as well. I saw the trailer to Hail Caesar and thought, this is a movie I want to see. Coen Brothers, love. I love all these guys. And yeah. I love Clooney doing comedy. Yeah. I think he's terrific. Yeah. Um, and then you came out and said, there's a big problem with this movie. Clooney's like in, I think, three scenes. Yeah. I think three scenes. He, he barely does anything. I mean, my dad was waiting for the kidnapping to go wrong. The kidnapping is just a couple of scenes. Ah. it's just like it's not Fargo it's not and you expect that from them you see yeah, sure. so it's one of those problems where it's like they, they they didn't pay attention to 
I don't know. So, but anyway, the, it's, the films are fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with them. It's just your expectations are so warped. Yeah. And it's it's warped by things outside of the film, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's yeah. interesting about it. It's not warped by what's in it. It's not like Chasing Amy, where it opens with 20 minutes of comedy and then tries to be a dr- romantic drama. Yeah. You go, you've totally misjudged this film. <laughs> this is like, oh, this this is from start to finish what it says it is, but you think it's going to be something else because it stars these character, these actors. And that concludes the list of stuff we have seen that we won't podcast on, but we actually yeah. quite liked or disliked, depending on what it was. Yes. That's going to be the title of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, things we things that we saw did. Yes. If there's things any... Which we things which we saw. Things with things what we saw. Things what um, we saw. As always, if there's stuff you wanted to want us to talk about, get in touch. The storytoolkit.wordpress.com has yes. lots of buttons that Basim is desperate for you to click on. I have. I have done this. You have done Many this. things. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, is it, have you, do you have anything to add? Any extra impression? No, I, but I was going to say, if you hated this uh, type of thing that we just did, that's okay. You should tell us. Uh, yeah. Tell us nicely. <laughs> tell us nicely. Uh, actually, no, you can tell us. Hey, I think it's ironic for me to say, please don't be too mean after I just scream. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, if you want to do a little rant about Star Trek Beyond, no, about this podcast, about this do podcast. Us. Yeah, if you want to do a rant about Star Trek Beyond, rights. I don't want to hear it because it'll just trigger the rage. <laughs> and just, oh um, how do you want to close? I think we should close on a walk in. Why should we close on a walk in? Because it's one of my favourite impressions that you do. <laughs> do you know how this whole walk in thing started? How? Because I said, did you know Christopher Walken was or, uh, was first given the role for Han Solo? And I said, can you imagine Han Solo's lines as Walken? And then I did Walken. I was like, you haven't heard of the Millennium Falcon. It did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, not 13. Oh, oh man, you're not going to Alderaan. I'm taking you nowhere. Chewie, get in there. I don't care what you smell. You know, and I, just, I started doing all of Han Solo's that lines. That makes me so happy, and you should have ended there. Why did you talk? Why did you break the magic? <laughs> what magic? The magic. Walken was here. He was in front of me. <laughs> Han Walken. Han, Han Walken. <laughs> yeah, okay. Things to do on Tantooine when you're dead. And see! <laughs>